The last few years have proven that people who worry about hyperinflation, bloated government overreach, and your rights being stripped away were all 100% right. They were the people not standing in food lines and sleeping at night because they had a plan. They were prepared. Things seemed calm at the time, which means now is the time to prepare for what's happening. And that's why I'm so excited to announce that we here at Human Events Daily have partnered with My Patriot Supply and that we are providing now these emergency food kits that if you go to preparewithposo.com, it's preparewithposo.com, you save $50 on a four-week emergency food kit. And the four weeks is really the most popular one. And that kit, it, the way they do it is it's breakfast, lunch, dinner, drinks, snacks, you gotta get some water. Now it's packed with over 2,000 calories a day. So the way that they work on it is they do this calculation, 2,000 calories a day per person. So if you wanna get that for your family, now if your family's got more people, look, you gotta do a little math, right? You guys understand how it works though. So you got 2,000 calories a day, but that's over for four weeks. So it's a four week supply. So you do the math, you know, we've got um, Tanya's parents live with us, so we've got more people in our house, so we've got to do a different calculation for the amount of people we have for four weeks. One thing I would also say, by the way, though, is look, we're seeing the food crisis right now, we're seeing the shortages. My wife is going out to the grocery store, she can't find anything. She just went on the show the other day talking about that, posting uh, the videos up, saying the shelves, the meat, the produce, the veggies, gone. You cannot get this. Uh, that's why you go to preparewithposo.com. So imagine you just went and tried to shop and now there's nothing you can get. And then, oh, by the way, one of these winter storms hits, boom, now you're stuck. What are you gonna do? At least you had an emergency food supply. And by the way, we saw what happened with I-95 being stuck on the road for 40 hours in some cases. That's why you throw one of these in your trunk or if you're just having an emergency, look, it's peace of mind. So that's why you go preparewithposo.com. Don't put it off, life can change in an instant. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's top stories. Ronald McDonald House in Vancouver, Canada, has issued eviction notices to unvaccinated families and children. Next, the Rust Armorer has put out a statement blaming Alec Baldwin for the fatal shooting. We're going to dig into that next. The Waukesha Christmas Massacre driver was just hit with 71 new charges. We've got new details there as well. And finally, a leaked video, CCP quarantine camps where pregnant women and children are confined to tiny cells in China just before the start of the CCP Olympics. All this and more ahead, Human Events Daily. Our first story today, and I've really just got to start it with the video on this so you guys can see what's going on. Um, a family in Vancouver, Canada, they're at the Ronald McDonald House. And everybody knows Ronald McDonald House is a charity that's made for children, for their families that are going through um, some form of hospitalization, some form of treatment, they need help. That's the whole point of Ronald McDonald House, right? It's an international charity and considered one of the best in the world. However, now, They've just issued at this particular chapter, but it looks like this may actually be something that's broader throughout British Columbia and other parts of the world, where they are going to be kicking you out if you did not receive your vaccinations. And that includes your kid who has cancer, as we see in this extremely disturbing video. Take a look. Like everybody's not vaccinated, getting evicted. 
Will we have a grace period to which you can um, get your free first dose? But essentially, as of January 17th, it's a board mandate from our. Uh, from so I just want to get this straight. So by the end of the month, my four-year-old boy with leukemia is getting evicted because we don't have a vaccine. And this is if he was six months older, he would be getting evicted. But yeah, because we don't have the vaccine, you're going to throw us on the snow for the few weeks' notice. Like this is some kind of crazy evil. Like I have never seen in my life. And now, I want to be clear about this. So in the aftermath of this video, this viral video that comes out, there's a piece that comes from uh, one of the local city papers in Vancouver where they, they got a statement out the very next morning by 6 a.m. where the Ronald McDonald House is trying to come out and say, oh, don't worry, of course we're going to be providing uh, alternative accommodations. Don't be silly. We're not evicting anybody. Well, here's the problem with that. In the video, this father, his name's Austin Ferguson, he posted it to his Facebook, he shows the letter that he was given, the eviction notice that was sent to him and to his family. It states nothing about alternative accommodations. Then we've got the actual video itself where what does he do? And look, <laughs> you know, uh, I, I don't have any problem with Canadians, but let's just say they're not exactly known for being the, uh, a very confrontational group of people. I don't know if you've met any Canadians before, right? So he goes up and very politely initiates this entire situation by asking the manager, say, hey, I got this letter, what's going on? You know, my, my reading of it is that we're gonna be evicted or he's gonna be evicted, you know, come six months from now because we're not vaccinated, he won't be vaccinated. Of course, obviously, uh, if you have a child with cancer, with leukemia, you're talking about the immunocompromised people that all this is supposed to be done in order to protect, right? Like here in Washington, D.C., we're getting vaccine mandates starting on Saturday. More on that tomorrow. We're going to get into it. But in this video, I want you to look very carefully at this administrator because you can see his son comes over. He's playing on the ground. Just, it seems like a happy young kid, normal kid. And that administrator doesn't even look at him doesn't even make eye contact, doesn't even go. And look, I've got little kids when they come up, you know, you you're doing something. You acknowledge them. You say, hey, buddy, how you doing? What's going on? How are you, big guy? She doesn't even acknowledge his presence. The body language right there, it tells you everything. And you don't hear anything as well about, look, this is the new policy that came out. But let me get on the phone. I'm going to look into this. I'm going to find out what's going on. No. It's just a defense of the policy. And you see this, by the way, going on all over the place right now, particularly in the West. It's the policy is what matters, and I don't care about you as an individual. I don't care about you as a person. You look what's going on in, in the air right now, in the skies, if you've flown at all during this pandemic. People are getting to their wits end, and they're being treated by these corporations, and in this case, a charity that's tied to a massive corporation, like you are just another cog, like you're just something that's there, like you're not an actual person. Can we start seeing people as people? It doesn't mean you have to agree with everybody. It doesn't mean you have to, you know, uh, try to convince everyone to be on the same side, all this stuff, no, no, that kumbaya, whatever. But just see each other as people, right? As simple as that. So what we did, 
because look, I don't know this family's entire situation other than what we've seen in this video, saw some other stuff that they had posted on Facebook. We went out, we found their GoFundMe, and between yesterday when that video came out, or when I first saw it, and today, we've gone and raised them $150,000 Canadian in order to help this family. And so you can go, you see my Twitter page, and I pinned it to the very top there, where we are just raising money to try to help this family through everything they are going through. Well, the Alec Baldwin story. Again, I've told you folks, I told you, Human Events Daily is not gonna let this story go. You know, there's some other news shows out there where they just go, they boom, 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 boom. Rush Limbaugh used to call them the drive-by media. And what does that mean? That you come in, you look at a story, you uh, forget about it, and then you go on to the next one, right? You know, for one week or two weeks, you know, this is the top story, and then you move on to something else. We don't do that here. We follow every story to its conclusion. And that's exactly what we're doing here with the Alec Baldwin situation. So we've got a story now. The Rust Armorer is blaming Alec Baldwin for the fatal shooting because he failed to turn up for a specific training session that the firm was holding that he was supposed to go to a safety session and that she also claims that there's a firm that supplied the wrong ammunition, live ammo instead of dummy rounds. So a ton of information. I haven't seen this anywhere in mainstream media, of course. Uh, George Stephanopoulos on ABC is gonna give a sit-down interview to Baldwin, but is George Stephanopoulos going to give a sit-down interview to the armorer, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, because we have a situation here where suddenly it looks like, and I always say this, with every story, Remember, folks, there are always two sides to every story. And so a lot of people have pointed out, and I think this is rightly so, that she was inexperienced and very young. She's clearly very young to be running a set like that on her own. She's 24, right? That's not exactly the kind of person, and I'm just sorry, but that is the way it is. You know, call me ageist. But I would want some more people around with more experience, you know, make a team. But of course, they were cutting corners on this product, um, like we had heard on this entire production, where they were just doing it on the cheap. And so, of course, they're going to hire someone who's young and say, oh, well, she's got a certificate, so we're going to put her in charge, right? And here's a video of Hannah Gutierrez Reed, so everybody remembers who this is. So she was the armorer, also known as the prop master for specifically the guns. This is a Western movie, so there's gonna be a lot of guns, but here's the new information. Rust armorer Hannah Gutierrez-Reed filed a lawsuit in New Mexico claiming Alec Baldwin ignored a request to attend a cross-draw session before the tragedy. Now, why is this important? Because the cross-draw is what we were told, that's, that's when the holster is on the opposite side and then you're pulling it across you. Rust Armour, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, has filed a lawsuit in Mexico claiming that Alec Baldwin ignored a request to attend a cross-draw training safety session before the tragedy. She also faulted Assistant Director David Halls for failing to follow protocol when he allegedly handed 
Baldwin the weapon without first calling on her to inspect it. Because remember, go back into the details of the case. We were told that the assistant director is the one that handed Baldwin the gun, not the armorer. So she did not have that last look on it. The chain of custody, remember, chain of custody is so important in terms of all of this. And they were trying to do everything they could to pin all of this on her when it first came out. Now we're getting more information. We're told that she was supposed to be called before anyone was handed a gun, but because of COVID protocols, they forced her to stay out of the area. They were in Essentially, this uh, this set was a church room where they were filming this. Now, uh, following the workshop, they're, sa they're saying that she landed this gig, she carried all the stuff together, but by the time she got there, she had already found that another group had put those bullets in the gun, not her. So here's the question, right? The big question that we have is, were the bullets put into the gun by this firm that she claims used live ammo and not the dummy rounds that she would have used? Were proper safety protocols followed? Was she kept out because the producers, of which, remember, Alec Baldwin was a producer on this. They keep trying to say this line, oh, well, he was just the, uh, you know, one of the actors on this. This didn't matter. It wasn't his fault. No, 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 no. He was a producer. That means he's in charge of the production. That means in terms of all this cost cutting, the stuff that was missed out, that was because Alec Baldwin had signed off on cutting the cost to all this. That's his issue as a producer. And that's why, by the way, when it comes to all these wrongful death suits, he is the one who's going to be sued. And he's going to be sued personally for all of this. You're probably also going to see a number of, of lawsuits regarding this situation, not just from the family of the one who died, uh, the woman who died, but also from people like uh, Hannah Gutierrez-Reed, because she's saying that he is the one that essentially created this bad situation, this false situation. So, and here's, here's what we have. For Alec Baldwin's gun, Hannah loaded four dummy rounds with holes in them from her pants pocket. A fifth dummy round from the box with a hole in it, uh, and a fifth dummy round then was in the box. Then she attempted to load a sixth dummy round without a hole, but it would not go into the chamber, and she thought the chamber might need to be cleared. Hannah remembers shaking the sixth round to ensure herself that it was a dummy round. She then handed the gun, and it was in possession of it from 10 a.m., who had custody of that gun during lunch, because to the best of her knowledge, the gun was loaded with six dummy rounds when she left it. That is why timeline matters. That is why chain of custody matters. And we here at Human Events Daily are not going to let this story go. Well, folks, we know that this weekend, Winter Storm Izzy is coming. It's bringing its ice. It's bringing snow. It's going to be hitting the Midwest, the Northeast, and even parts of the South. So that's why you got to go to MyPillow.com and snuggle up with promo code POSO. You get the slippers, you get the quilts, you get the down blankets, the throw blankets, you get the nice robes, and of course, the classic pillows. Go there today, get yourself bundled up, get yourself warm, because this winter is shaping up to be one of the strongest winters that we've seen in a long time. Today's story from the Post Millennial. Waukesha Massacre, Suspect faces 71 new charges over the Christmas, Christmas Parade Massacre. Daryl E. Brooks. Now, you remember Daryl E. Brooks. You remember this story. And I want to caution people, you know, this, 
video, and we're gonna play the video. This is not for little ears, it's not for little eyes, but it's something that I think is important that we need to show because the mainstream media is not going to even talk about this story anymore. Here it is. So it looks like the authorities are finally going after this guy. But we remember why he was out on the street in the first place. It was because of bail reform. And that's why initially I was actually referring to this as the bail reform massacre, the bail reform massacre of Waukesha. Why is that? Because he was let out on $1,000 bail just a week before this incident. And what did he do in that previous incident? Well, he had attempted to run over his girlfriend at a gas station of all places, right? That's what was going on because you had this prosecutor, this DA in Milwaukee County, which is right next to Waukesha, where he let him out and he's one of these woke guys and he was funded by a bunch of groups that are tied to everyone's favorite Hungarian Wall Street uh, billionaire, right? And we went through that entire list a couple of shows back. We might have to bring it back because this is not going away. This stuff is, keeps going, uh, keeps happening. But here's a new interesting piece of information that we have from these new charges because there was a new probable cause statement that was placed in. And this is the new line. Now, but I want people to remember, for those who don't remember the story, um, if you know, I don't know how you could forget, but of course, when it's something, you know, the media will continue to talk about January 6th, January 6th, January 6th, January 6th, January 6th, January 6th, there's a whole commission about it, right? Well, that ended. In this situation, eight people were killed, including a little child. And dozens of people were run over, 71, we're told now, in terms of um, these new charges, it's first degree reckless endangerment of safety. They'll talk about that. Or excuse me, they won't talk about that, they'll talk about Gen 6. Here's the new information that we have. Brooks leaned his head out the window to steer, it's from the actual court documents, leaned his head out the window to steer because there was a person on the windshield blocking his vision. However, Brooks does not stop, but continues driving. So explain to me how you put that in front of a jury. And they say, oh, you know, and it, I, I imagine, you know, originally we were told, oh, he was fleeing police. He was fleeing police. Remember CNN kept saying that he was fleeing police. He wasn't fleeing anyone. Police were trying to get him to stop because go through those initial statements. They say he was driving so slowly that police were able to come up to him and say, you know, stop, don't go in there. There's a parade in there. They were able to knock on the window and have a discussion with him. Then he turns, crashes through the barricade onto the parade route, and then sets, this, sets up this attack. And that's what this was. This was an attack on a Christmas parade in America's heartland from a guy who should have been locked up. Now, I saw there were people out there saying, well, maybe he's got mental issues. Maybe, maybe he didn't mean to do it. Maybe he's got mental issues. Fine, great. Give him the help he needs behind a locked door. This is not the type of person who should just be out in the community allowed to uh, plow through an entire parade of people like this. And I, I talked about this on, we did a Twitter Spaces yesterday, and they asked me you know, what I feel about the public mental health facilities. And I say, I don't wanna argue about why they got defunded back in the 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever. I wanna have a conversation about how we can refund 
America's public mental health system, and we need to refund it immediately. The CCP lockdowns are continuing across millions and millions of citizens within mainland China, within the PRC, the Lao Beijing. They are being locked up. Now there's video that is starting to come out. The reality of zero COVID, it's called, that's what they're calling it now, the zero COVID policy. And this, by the way, is something that started in Australia, it started in New Zealand. This isn't just something that's going on behind, uh, you know, the, the Great Wall of communist China, this is something that's going on in Australia. It's going on in New Zealand as well. Now, it may not be going on to such an extent as it is in the CCP, but we need to be very clear that these authoritarian measures are not only taking place behind the walls of China, they're taking place around the world. Here's a headline Daily Mail. Social media videos show quarantine camps where pregnant women and children are confined to tiny cells amid reports of mass detentions in the dead of night. Residents have been transferred to quarantine camps in China, insiders say. The camps have rows of cramped metal boxes with a wooden bed and toilet. 20 million people in China are now under strict lockdown rules ahead of the Olympics. The Olympics begin the first week of February. So go and watch this video and see for yourself what is going on in the country that is about to launch the CCP Olympics. Pregnant women, children, the elderly are believed to be among those sent to the Xi'an camps, with insiders sharing the horrors of their detention in the zero COVID state. Footage shared widely online shows people in tiny boxes furnished with a wooden bed and toilet where they are forced to remain for as long as two weeks. Now, of course, this is no, uh, nothing new for the CCP. They've been using the same exact policy for Uyghurs, for dissidents, uh, for people who are potentially uh, political prisoners when they have issues, um, uh, you know, criminal issues, or if they got some judge they don't like anymore, they got, they're gonna put you and they call it the Lao Gai, and you are gonna be shangguied, and you are gonna be put away. Detain detainees showed workers in hazmat suits providing food to those being held in the camps in the epicenter of the latest Chinese outbreak. By the way, we also talked about the other day how there is this hemorrhagic fever virus that was also spreading in Xi'an. So when it comes to the CCP, can we really trust them to tell us the truth about what's going on behind the lockdown in these cities? Can we really trust the country that allowed that lab to operate the way it did in Wuhan, the country that lied about COVID-19 when the first outbreak happened, can we really trust this country that won't tell us about the gain-of-function experiments, which of course were funded by Dr. Fauci, can we really trust this country that this is only about Omicron and that this is not anything to do with the hemorrhagic fever virus that was also spreading in Xi'an? Our question is, and my, this is a simple question, it's a public health question, it is, is this just about Omicron or do you have this other extremely powerful and fatal virus that's also spreading? Now, you said before they're trying to downplay it. Oh, it's just a seasonal thing. This happens all the time. It's no big deal. They won't give us the answers. And, and at the same time, we're seeing these insane levels of lockdowns.
Why are the Olympics going on? Why are we allowing the CCP Olympics to take place under these conditions? Well, that's it for us here at Human Events Daily. Remember, of course, our motto to all of you, be good, be brief, be gone. And now, of course, our homework to you, be the influence agent. Share this out with one of your normie friends. Remember, we're doing this here day in, day out. Thank you so much to everybody that's on. And thank you for to everyone who keeps supporting us. We get these great messages in. We get so much support from you guys. We're talking about stories that you're really not going to get everywhere else. And we're doing it in a fashion where it's high impact, it's high production, high value, and then boom, it gets out to you. And by the way, if you're listening at 2x speed, <clears throat> like I listen to everything at 2x speed, you're getting this whole thing in basically 11, 12 minutes. I don't know any other podcast on the face of the internet that's doing that. Before we go, though, it's time for today's moment of history. 1785, John Walter published the first issue of the Times of London, and thus the downfall of Western civilization began. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.